part is that you remember the word of God, all right? So here we go. We're going to get into it. We're going to talk about the word today. Everybody say the word. We're going to uh, John chapter 4, verses 1 uh, through 42 is where the story is found. John chapter 1, but we're going to read verses 7 through 10 this morning, all right? John chapter 4, verses 7 through 10. And I want to talk to you about the Word today, and I want to tell you, I, I want to just encourage you about what the Word is and, and, and what God, how God uses the Word in your life and in my life, all right? Um, and when I speak of the Word, yes, I'm talking about the Word of God. I'm talking about the living Word. I'm talking about the Word that He spoke to us, and we'll get into that in just a minute. John chapter 4, verse number 7, if you have it, say amen. If you're still looking, say Hallelujah. All right, it's also up here on the Blessatron, all right? That's what we call it at our church, the Blessatron, because it gives us the word. All right, here we go, John chapter 4, verse 7. A woman from Samaria came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink, for his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman from Samaria? For Jews had no dealings with Samaritans, all right? Jews, uh, Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God, that's key, if you knew the gift of God, everyone say that with me, if you knew the gift of God, say it one more time, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, give me a drink, you would give you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. May God add his blessing to the reading of his word, and may his word come forth as he wants it to. And everybody said amen. All right, so in this story, Jesus, you know the story. If you've been to church any length of time, Jesus is coming to Samaria. And Samaria is a place that uh, they are cousins to the Jewish people, okay? They are cousins to the Jewish people, but they don't like each other. They don't get along. They have a difference of uh, doctrine concerning the Messiah. They have a difference of doctrine concerning where to worship and, and things of that sort. And so uh, they, they argue, they, they fight, the Jewish people look down upon them and, and, and would not, you know, for a Jew to walk through Samaria, it had to be just a, a, a drastic thing for them to have to go through Samaria. They would much rather go a different way and go around this town and go a different path. But Jesus said, I must go to Samaria here at the beginning of John chapter 4. He said, I must go here because there's something that I have to do, all right? And so Jesus went, and they get to this well, and he sits down, and he sends the disciples and the followers in, and they go into town together as a group. I find that ironic that they left Jesus out at the well by himself, and they went in as a group, a group of Jews going into this Sumerian town to buy food, uh, maybe because they felt they, had, they, were, they were stronger in numbers, and if they were together, uh, they wouldn't get uh, picked on, they wouldn't get beat up on, they were able to, to, to be together. And so, for whatever reason, Jesus sitting here at this well, and a woman comes out in the middle of the day, uh, a time whenever you didn't come and draw water. Most of the time, the women would come in the morning, they would draw water, they would take it back to the house, and they would use it. So, this woman comes out. Why? Because she doesn't want to be picked on. She doesn't want people looking at her. She doesn't want them laughing at her because she had a past. 
she had a past and she wanted to hide that past. And so in the midst of, of trying to hide that past, she would just go at different times when nobody was there, all right? Have you ever found yourself walking through the grocery store, you see someone at the other end of the aisle, and you're like, no, I don't, I'm just going to go over here. I think I need some more vegetables, so I'm going to go back because they're heading that way. This is how that woman felt. She just didn't want to talk to anyone. She didn't want to deal with anyone. She didn't want to hear anything about her life and how she was wrong. And so she comes to the well. Jesus is at the well. He says, woman, will you give me a drink? She knew he was a Jew. She said, why are you asking me? We read this in the scripture. Why are you asking me, a Samaritan woman? He said, if you knew who, if, if you knew who was asking you for a drink of water, then you would give him a drink of water, all right? Uh, she did not know the gift that God had put in front of her. And a lot of times people concerning the word of God and the things of God and, and, and the blessing that God gives us through his son, Jesus Christ, they don't know the gift of God that is put in front of them. God has given you a gift. And not just salvation, yes, salvation is a gift, eternal life is a gift, but also the word of God is a gift. Let me tell you something about the Bible. I want you to get this. The word of God is an autobiography of himself. God wrote us a book. He wrote a book to the Jews about himself, who he is, what he does, how he does it, the way he does it. If you don't know what God does, if you're facing a situation and, God, I need an answer, then you go to the Word of God because God will always tell you who he is, what he does, how he does it, the way he does it, because he has things in place. This is how God moves. This is what the Word of God is. And so in this story, there's four things about the Word of God that I think we need to, we need to get, we need to understand. There's four things about the Word of God. Number one is this, the Word is alive. The word is alive. If you read this story, you're going to find that Jesus told her, he said, basically said, he said, look, I'm the Messiah. I'm the one that you're looking for. You're talking about the Messiah coming. That's me. I am him. All right. The word of God is alive. Some people think, well, this word is just an old crusty word written by an old man. It just has stories in it. And, you know, there's some good things in there that catch our attention. Some great funny stories, you know, and things like that. No, no. The word of God is so much more than that. It is is alive, and it tells us that it is sharper than any two-edged sword. Amen? The second thing is this. The word reads you, not you read it. There are people that say, I, I'm going, I, I read my Bible in the morning. That's great, but how often do you let the Word of God read you? When you truly dig into the Word of God, the Word of God is going to read you. It's going to tell you who you are, where you are, where you are at, what you are doing, and how you're not doing it the way God wants you to do it, all right? It's not a book of rules. Again, it's a book that God has given us to say, this is how I want you to live. I want you to be forgiven of your sins. I came to the cross to die for your sins. I want you to be forgiven of your sins. But then now, also, I need you to understand this, that I want to show you how you should live. So many people come to the altar, they say, Jesus, forgive me, and then they get up and they grab their luggage that they gave to God, and they walk back into their life, keep living the way they're living before, and, and they find themselves a few weeks later, why is this so difficult? Because when you come to Jesus, you leave it there, and God says, okay, I have a new way that I want you to live now. Amen? How many is thankful for the new way that Jesus has for us? Amen? I am. So the word reads you. Here's, here's, here's how it fits into the story. At the end of the story, she runs into the town and she says, Come and see this man that told me everything about my life. 
I didn't tell him a single thing, but he was able to point out things in my life that, that, that everybody knew, but, but, but he didn't know because I've never met him. And he told me things and details about my life that, that nobody knew. Isn't that the word of God? You begin to read it and study it, and he begins to read you and begins to point out things. And you're like, Lord, I haven't shared that with anyone. I haven't told anyone about that emotion or that thought or that thing. It's because God's word is alive, and it will read you before you read it. He'll call it out. The third thing is this. The word corrects you where you are at. Amen? The word will absolutely correct you where you are at. It will... it will determine where you're at in your life, the situation that you're in, the struggle that you're in, and, and it will begin to give you correction. It will begin to give you insight. It will begin to give you understanding. The lady in the story, she said, she, she told Jesus, she said, he, he, he said, go get your husband. She said, I don't have a husband. He said, I know that. I know that. He said, you don't have a husband. You've been married five times, and the one that you're with, he's not even your husband. You see, he, he, he began to read her. He began to, to instruct her, and then he began, he began to correct her. I know that you're not married, and the one that you're with, you're not even married to him. You're living in sin. You're living in a wrong relationship. You're living in a wrong place. Has God ever just called you out where you are at? I mean, you get into his word, and he begins to speak into you, and he begins to call you out, and you're like, God, get up out of my business. He said, no, because you gave me permission to be in your business, and I'm doing it with love, and so I'm going to instruct you, and I'm going to correct you, all right? So many times we try to bring people to the altar to get them saved, and then we want to, 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 to just, I mean, wail on them and rail on them. Well, you shouldn't be, you shouldn't be, you shouldn't be. And if God gives us the opening to correct, then absolutely we should. But understand, God is the one that makes the change in their heart and their life. And when we instruct them to the word of God and when we take them to the word of God, it's God that makes the correction where they're at. They'll speak a a way that they used to speak and God will begin to just knock on their heart's door and say, hey, you shouldn't be talking like that. You're right, Lord. I'm Lord, forgive me. I'm, I'm going to. And they begin to let God make the correction in their life, and you begin to see a change in them, and it has nothing to do with you or anyone else. It has everything to do with God. Amen? That's the Word of God. The fourth thing about the Word of God is this. The Word compels us to tell others. The Word of God compels you to tell others. God did such a great change in me, let me tell you what he did in me so that you can receive that same change, so that you can see that great work that God does inside of you. She left her water jug, the Bible said. She left her water jug, and she went to the people, and she told them, and she she shared with them. She shared her testimony. I was this way when I went to the well, but now I'm here, and he told me everything about myself. Come see this man who done a change in my life, who made me different, who made me better than I've ever been before. Come and see this man. And they went, they went to Jesus's church at the well, okay? They went to Jesus's church at the well because of her testimony and her word about what God had done in her life, but they stayed because of his words. They were changed because of his words. God doesn't need you to get people saved. He just simply needs you to testify and get them into the house of God or get them to a place that they can be changed. Because guess what? They can find salvation anywhere. It's not just here in the house of God. You can find salvation in a car, in the middle of a grocery store, at a gas station, at a ball game, in school. You can find Jesus anywhere. It simply takes us asking for forgiveness. Amen? 
But it's our job to compel people to draw them in, and it's the Word of God that gives us the boldness and the strength along with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit using the Word to, to pour inside of us and, and make us better and stronger than we've ever been with the Word of God, and therefore we compel people to come in. The Word of God was in the beginning, the Bible tells us, in, in, in John chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. It says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through him, and without him there was, n there was not anything made that was made. We, we, we say God created that the heaven and the earth, but if you truly read the Bible, you're going to see that the Trinity was there, and the Trinity created the heaven and the earth. God thought it, Jesus spoke it because he's the word, and the Holy Spirit moved upon it, and everything was created because of that. And John tells us that right here. Nothing was made without him. Jesus is the word of God. He was in the beginning at creation. Amen? The word is also in the world today. We live by the word today. Matthew 4 and 4, it says, and, and this is Jesus in the wilderness. Satan comes to tempt him, and this is what it says. It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. We were made to live by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. You were made to live and to survive, to enjoy this life, to live life to the fullest by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Does God still speak? Does he still prompt our hearts? Does he still drop things into us? Does he still uh, uh, speak unto us? Absolutely. But people that say, I can't hear God. Yes, you can. Every time you open the word of God, you hear God speak because man shall not live by bread alone. You shall not live by fried chicken and mashed potatoes alone. But you shall live by every word that comes from the mouth of God. This word is from God. He spoke it. And we have it, and he instructs us and gives us everything that we need. Amen? Are you still with me? All right. The th uh, one more thing about the word here. The word of God will last even past the end. So we talked about the beginning. We talk about where we're at right now. But he is also the same God yesterday, today, and the same God forever. In Revelation chapter 19, verses 12 and 13, it says, And he is clothed in a robe dipped in blood. Who's that? That's Jesus. That's Jesus Christ. He died for our sins. He shed his blood for our sins. He, he, he has that garment that has been dipped in blood. That garment is upon us. He puts it on us. We are covered by that. He has a robe that is dipped in blood. And the name by which he is called is, what's his name? The Word of God. What is his name? You're doing good. What's his name? You got it. His name is the Word of God. It's not just a book of a bunch of old moldy stories. You don't know the gift that you have, just like the woman at the well. You don't know the power of God that you have. You don't understand fully the thing that God has for you. It is the word of God. So we are called to teach the gospel. We are called to share the gospel. We are called to, to give the gospel. What is the gospel? Well, the Bible tells us about the gospel. It tells us what the gospel is. The word instructs us in all things. What is the gospel? I want to define this, and I want to make this as simple as possible. Because I want kids to understand it. I want adults to understand it. Because you know what? I find a lot of times that there are adults that say, well, I, I, I want to share about Jesus, but I just, I don't know if I'm, I, I don't know if I'm getting it right. I don't know if I'm saying it right. I, I, I'm just not sure. The more you get into the word of God, the more you're going to understand what the gospel is. 
Here's the gospel in, in plain and simple. It's this. It is the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's the gospel. He came to die for my sins. Let me give you a very practical understanding illustration because I'm an illustration guy. I like, I like to give you things to help you understand. I had a bill. I meant to bring a bill, and I forgot it. I had a bill that I owed. I had a bill. Honey, give me that envelope. I know you have it there. Give me that envelope, please. Oh, love of my life. Didn't mean to make that sound mean and firm. Sure, that'll work. Yeah, that one's fine. I had a bill. I owed that bill. That bill was because I chose to satisfy my flesh and do sinful things. I chose to, to satisfy me and do what I wanted to do the way that I wanted to do it. And Satan says, okay, if you do that, then you owe me. You rode the ride, and now you owe me. And so here's the bill. And the only payment I'll take is your blood, your death. That's the only payment I take. I won't take money. I won't take your talent. I want your life. I want your death. I want you to, I, I want you to experience the same death that I have and will experience. Because hell is created for Satan and his demons. But if you choose to follow Satan, you're going to have to pay that bill. And you'll have to pay it with your life, your death. But Jesus said, you know what, I don't want them to die. Because if they die, not just a physical death, they're going to die a spiritual death. You see, Satan wants us to pay with the flesh. God wants us to enjoy life, spiritual life. Eternal life, life beyond this flesh, life beyond blood pumping through these, life beyond air in these lungs. He wants us to enjoy that. And so Jesus said, okay, if you want blood, then I'll give you my blood, and it'll be perfect blood, and therefore I will pay that debt. And, and Jesus took the bill from me, and he died on the cross, and he left it at the foot of the cross. He left it there on the cross, and he said, now, you, now you're free. You don't owe that bill anymore. I've paid it. And if you want me to cover your bill, all you have to do is ask me and say, please pay my bill. Please forgive me of my sins. That's simple, right? Can you explain that to someone? Hopefully. Hopefully I've given you a way to explain it. That is what the gospel is. In, in Mark chapter 16, verse 15, Jesus said, go into all the world proclaiming the gospel, teaching them the gospel, proclaiming it to them, telling them, listen to me. For us to share the gospel, we must experience the gospel first. How can you tell someone about the forgiving power of Jesus if you haven't experienced it yourself? How can you tell someone about uh, walking in love and, and having peace and, and getting over anger? And, and how can you tell someone about, sorry, get my backpack on here. How can you tell someone about walking in peace and love? How can you tell someone about, uh, about being able to go through the loss of a loved one and grief? How can you tell someone if you haven't went to Jesus to figure out how to get through it, how to get past it? We all have issues in our life. We all have things that, that, that we hold inside of us, and we want to give them to Jesus, and, and we try, and we come to the altar and say, Lord, forgive me. We find an altar in our home. God, help me to get through this. God, help me not to get mad at my spouse. God, help me not to get mad at my kids. Lord, help me and show me and teach me. 
And God says, okay, sit down and be quiet and listen to me and let's go to the word and let me, let me show you. I've forgiven you. And now let me show you how I want you to live. Don't keep living the way you've been living, but let me show you. And so here's what the gospel does for us, all right? Now we're going to have fun. Look at your kids and say, now we're going to have fun, okay? Here's what the gospel does. I'm going to stay up here for this one. Cameraman, I appreciate you, and I'm sorry for everything that's about to take place, but I appreciate you, okay? You see, I've had moments in my life where I needed, Lord, I need your help. I dealt with anger as a kid. I had anger issues, and my mom recognized it, and she saw it, and she began to teach me and pray with me and, and walk with me through dealing with my anger and my frustration. And, and then several years ago, uh, that anger just began to resurface, and, and I just began to go to God again. And God pointed out a scripture. Have you ever been at a place that, God, this is just going on, and I don't know what to do? And so I went to the Word of God, and I began to search out the Word of God, and God God said, I have something for you. This is the gospel. This is the gospel. Okay? The Bible says to hide his word in our heart that we may not sin against him, right? You should be carrying the gospel with you all the time. No, I'm not saying strap a Bible to you, but you should be reading and studying and learning what God has to say. And so this is the gospel. I had an anger issue. I had difficulty. And so I began to go to the word of God, and I said, God, I'm angry. God, I'm, I'm, Lord, I don't know why I'm angry. I'm mad. I'm frustrated. And God said, well, go to James chapter 20, verse number 1 and 2. James chapter 20, verses 1 and 2. And it says this, for the wrath of man, my anger does not produce righteousness in people. My anger will not produce righteousness in somebody else. My anger will not produce righteousness in my, in my spouse or in my kids. Me being angry and frustrated. And so God gave me that word, and I had to begin to partake of that word. It's not just that he gives it to us, but, but we have to partake of the word that he gives us. And we have to apply it, and we have to live by it. I know. You wish you could deal with your anger right now too, huh? But I had to deal with anger. And God showed me. So much so that I began to change the scripture and I quoted it. That the wrath of John does not produce the righteousness of Christ. So much so that my son decided to go to school in art class and etch a piece of glass that said the wrath of John does not produce the righteousness of Christ. Put it in a frame and now it sits in my office as a constant reminder that my wrath does not produce righteousness in someone else. But it's all because I went to the Word of God. You ever went to the Word of God and you need something? You see, the Word is full of everything that you need. All good things come from God. Say it, all good things. Everything you need is in His Word. Maybe, maybe, you're, having, maybe you're having difficulty understanding. Oh, yeah. Lord, I need some clarity. Who needs some clarity this morning, all right? Yeah, Lord, I need some clarity. Lord, I thank you that I have clarity, and God, you're giving me wisdom, you're giving me knowledge, you're helping me to see and understand, you're helping me to know. Maybe you're having some marital problems. Oh, yeah, marital problems, that's back here. 
Maybe you're having marital problems. God, I'm having some difficulty. And here's the thing I love about the Word of God, okay? When we get into the Word of God, He just doesn't give us one thing, but He gives us multiple things, and He teaches us multiple things. He says, okay, well, you've got some anger, all right? And so that's dealing with some marital problems. So there you go. I've given you anger, and and now I'm going to give you self-control so you learn to shut your mouth. And everyone said amen. You learn not to speak. Unless God tells you to speak. Also, on top of that, you're going to learn a little patience. Oh, yeah. How many likes a little patience? Yeah. We need some patience. God says, I'm going to give you some patience. And so God gives us a a trifecta of things that we need in our life. It's not just dealing with the anger, but it's self-control and it's walking in patience. It's also learning to, oh, I got more. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, I got more. I got a bag full right here. This one is love. Fudge round is nothing but love, I'm telling you. God says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you some love. I'm going to teach you how to love. This is the thing about the Word of God. When we dig in the Word of God, He gives us everything we need. Lord, I'm having a financial problem. God, I've got more month than I have paycheck. What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? Well, quit complaining about it and get to the Word of God so God can teach you. God says, I'm a God that provides for all of your needs. I know what your need is. And so... Let's see, Lord. And sometimes you have to search for it. Lord, Lord, I just, I need some help. Lord, that's a great verse. Yeah, that's, Lord, that's wonderful. But no, that's not it. I mean, I thank you for that. That's, no, that's not it. Lord, I need, Father, I need, ooh, sour Skittles. Mm, Lord, Lord, I can't handle sour right now, Lord. So help me. Oh, thank you, Lord. Lord, you know what I need. He says, I am the God that will provide for all of your needs. I am Jehovah Jireh. Oh, Lord, I need that. That's mine. I'm going to stick that right there. Woo, thank you, Jesus, for the provision. He said, I'm not only going to give you provision. He said, but I'm going to, no, that's sour. I don't want sour right now. No, that's sour. I don't want sour right now. No, that's sour. Good Lord, I loaded that side with sour. Let's go over here. Here we go, a rainbow of flavor. Lord, I just don't need provision, but but God says, I'm going to teach you how to be a good steward of what I've given you. I'm going to teach you to quit spending more than what you're making. I'm going to teach you self-control. There it is again. Let's get it. Self-control. Self-control right there. I'm going to give you self-control. Not only that, but I'm going to I'm going to teach you how to be generous. How many likes to be generous? Yeah. Oh, we love to be generous. Yeah. God says, "I'm going to teach you these things." You see, this is the way God works. He just doesn't give us one thing when we go to his word. He gives us multiple things when we go to his word. And they're ours. They're ours. I mean, I could go through. There's more. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I could talk about your job and your boss and how he just, just, just. anyone ever just want to punch someone in the throat? Thank you for those three people who raised their hand and were absolutely honest with me. The rest of you, we're going to talk about truth here in just a minute. Walking in truth, okay? Be angry and sin not. Lord, I just want to punch my boss in the throat sometimes, the thing he's doing, the thing she's doing, the way they're just, uh, Lord, it just, mm, God says, hey, love them. Woo, how many likes love? So everything is there that we need. I mean, we could go through more. Lord, I'm having marital problems. God, I'm having car problems. Lord, I'm battling with my mind. Lord, depression, and, 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 and Lord, I'm, I'm having thoughts that I don't, Lord, I don't want to have those thoughts. I don't need to have those thoughts. God, I need you. I need you. I need you. I need you, Father. 
God says, okay, I'll give it to you. Here's what you need. Everything you need. Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Amen? You do not know the gift that you have, he told her. You don't know the gift that God has given you. And God has given you a gift. And so here's the great thing about God. I'm going to hold on to the anger management, anger management. I've let go of the anger. I'm dealing with the anger management. But here's the great thing about God. You see, we are to go into all the world and to share. Everyone say share the gospel. Are you with me? You with me? Camera guy's like, what? We are to share the gospel. You know what? There's someone that you know that needs something that you've taken from the word of God. You don't save them. Amen? Look at your neighbor and say, you can't save them. Oh, come on. Say it with confidence. You can't save them. But you can testify to them. You need to go tell someone what someone has done for you. You know what God's done for me? He taught me how to deal with anger. Anybody else have anger? Who? You got anger? There you go. God taught me, James 1 and 20, anger. Which one? You raise your hand first. You get the, you, we're going to deal with that anger. James 1 and 20. God has given that first. Anyone else? Anger? Anybody? Anger? It's a little sour. Dealing with anger is a little sour. You see, I'm not just to keep it all to myself because, honestly, if I ate all this, I'd probably gain about 15 pounds because I got a lot of stuff in here. Because Pastor told me, he said, hey, there'll, there'll probably be about 200 people here. And so, so I want to make sure that I have enough. And to all the kids in the building, if you don't get something, you come and see my beautiful bride after church. And she has boxes of candy over here so that every kid, not right now, I told you, every good thing comes from God. Church should be a place where kids get good things. After church, you come see my wife. If you didn't get one in the midst of this illustration, and you're going to get one. But here's the thing. Everything that we have is in the gospel. Everything that we need is in the gospel. And we are not just to hoard it to ourselves. But we are, if I was to put this in my car and leave it, it would start melting. It would start to go stale over time. It would get crushed. Um, I'd probably go to it. And some of it would be dissolved and nasty and gross. But you see, God says, I want you to take it and give it out. And sometimes we don't want to give out the things of God because we're afraid that, well, if I give it out, then I won't have, I won't have for me. The word of God is alive. It is a well that is constant, which is why my wife has the abundance of candy over here for those when my bag is empty. God has an abundance. And if you don't get something, if you're a kid and you don't get something, don't worry. I'll go to the gas station and I'll buy you some candy and I'll make sure that you get some candy. I'm sure there's probably some candy somewhere in this church that we can make sure every kid gets a piece of candy before they leave church. Because every good gift, church should be a place where kids know, hey, this is a place to get good gifts. But that's just candy. Yeah, but they're going to see your love when you're handing them a piece of candy. We have an usher at our church and he's known as the candy man. When kids walk in, where do you think the first place they head to? Do you think it's kids' church? No. They run to big, to the big candy man. And when I say big, I mean he's big. He's tall. He's big. He's a big old guy. 
And they run to the candy man, and they say, candy man, can I have some candy? And he, he has a bag, and what he does is he pulls out a piece of candy. Most of the time, it's just like a little candy bar or something, little dumb, dumb sucker or something. But to them, every good thing comes from God. And they see his smile, they see his love, they see his grace, and he gives them a piece of candy, and therefore they keep running to him. When you give people the good things of God, guess what? They're going to keep running back. They're going to keep running back. They're going to keep running back. Amen? You've got an issue at work. Who has an issue at work? You've got an issue at work? Thank you for being honest. You know what? This has multiples in it so that you can chew one every time you get frustrated at work. There you go, okay? God knows exactly what you need. I've seen little kids. Where is a little bitty? I've seen a little bitty kid. I have... Cherry-flavored cranberries. You like those? Well, come get them. Come on. Because every good thing comes from God. That schoolwork that you're having difficulty with, God will help you. He'll give you the patience. There you go. Every good thing comes from God. Amen? Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? Do you get where I'm going with this? You go to the Word of God to get what you need. How many having difficulty with their future? Not knowing, not knowing what to, I'm talking like high school student, like I'm trying to figure this out. Where am I going next? Is that you? What's your name? Braylon? Braylon? Sour or rainbow of flavor? Yeah, because the future sometimes can be a little sour. Yeah, but it's okay. God's going to help you through it. I'm praying for you, Braylon. God's going to show you the path to take. God will give you everything you need because every good thing comes from God. How many just needs just some simplicity in life? Lord, I'm just overloaded. Is that you? There is nothing better than just a plain, simple Hershey's bar. God says, I'm just going to help you. He says, I will lay you down in green pastures. Amen? You understand, everything comes from God. What do you need? Whatever it is, it's there. Sorry, I didn't mean to hit you in the face. Everything you need is from God. I see you back there on the back row. You know what? I think these are completely pink Starburst, which pink Starburst is the best. You've raised your hand three times. I'm going to give you the whole roll of pink Starburst. Everything you need is from God. What do I have? There's a honey bun. Woo, yeah. How many need something from God today? How many need something from his word today? Buddy, you have raised your hand multiple times like, please, 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 please. I've got good things in here. Do you like nuts? No? How about a Reese's? Will that work? There you go. And then you can share one with your brother because he's a little disappointed that he got an apple instead of candy. And everybody said amen. You see, every good thing comes from God. Yeah, let's, let's, let's finish it off over here. Here we go. Here we go. You ready? Heads up. Here you go. Where you at? Where you at? Yeah, you need something? 
You need something from God. You see, every time you come to God, every time you go to his word, every time you reach out to him, guess what? He has something for you. That has peanuts. You don't like peanuts. Here. Ooh, cranberries. Hey, I've got goldfish, too. I'll give you goldfish, too. Woo! Oh, no, she gets her own because God has enough for both of you. Well, I can't find the other goldfish. You get a bag of Doritos. Doritos or goldfish? Okay. No, you get something, too. There you go. Every good thing comes from God. Okay, so if there's any kids, Rachel, come help me. If there's any kids that did not get a a piece of candy yet, come on, right now, come. Come. Come to Jesus. Come to the Word of God. Come to the Word of God. Come to the Word of God. You didn't get one. You want Starburst? You want? I got Miss Rachel has more. Miss Rachel has more. You got it? Hey, Miss Rachel has more right up here if you want something different. If you're a kid and you didn't get it, come and get it. Balcony, you didn't get it, come and get it. Now, I want to ask a very serious question right here. This is this is the one cover my twenty dollars. This is the one I always pray over. These, this is the one I pray over. Somebody in this house, you have a financial need, but you haven't said a word about it. Child of God, I need you to start praying right now because God knows who this needs to go to. trying to embarrass you, but if you have a financial need, and I listen to me, I know all of us, gas prices and everything else, Lord, I could, absolutely, but I'm, 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 the word of God is speaking to that person that if they were, if they were selling steamboats on the Ohio River, all you could run up, all, for a quarter, all you could do is run up and down the banks and say, ain't that cheap, because you don't even have two nickels to rub together. You don't know where that bill is going to be paid. You don't know how you're going to get to work. You don't know. I'm looking for that person. Holy Spirit, I pray right now that you would move. And so if that's you, and I'm not trying to embarrass you, I want to bless you today. I want you to understand that if you'll take it to God, leave it in his hands, and live by faith, he will do this for you. So who are you? I'm not trying to be mean and rude and point. I, I just simply need you just to raise your hand for me. Pastor John, I, I have a financial need that I need. God knows and God sees. Oh, it's up there.
trying to point her out, but right back here on this back row, she has a need. I don't know what it is, but God does. Child of God, I told you to be praying. And if you feel God leading you to be generous, then you do that. May God bless you. May God bless you. Oh, God doesn't do that. Oh, absolutely, he does. And guess what? He uses you to do this. He uses you to tell people about the gospel, about the good things of God. He uses you to bless people. He uses you to encourage people. He uses you, a willing vessel, a vessel that says, God, whatever you want me to do, I'll give out everything that you've given to me. His word is alive for us. Amen? And we are to take it and we are to give it out to somebody else because they need it. Because they need it. Because it's the word of God that will save them. It's the gospel that will change them. And it has nothing to do with us. Come on, can we give Jesus a good hand clap of praise this morning? Bow your hearts with me. Heavenly Father, right now, God, your word is exactly what we needed. Timely, alive, compelling, instructional. God, this word is no different. You gave us what we needed today. God, the kids see and I pray that they understand that the house of God is a place to get good things. Good things come from people that serve God because good things flow through them. God, there are people in our midst right now, God, that they've been crying out. And today, you have given them confirmation what they need to do, that they need to go to your word. And not just a five-minute time in the morning with you, but they need to wake up and give you 15 minutes, 20 minutes. They need to give you some time before they go to bed praying about this that they have within their heart and seeking you concerning the things of God. God, you're going to reveal it and you're going to show them and you're going to give them multiple answers. Peace and patience, kindness, love, gentleness, meekness, self-control. They're going to learn to control their tongue because life and death is in the power of the tongue. They're going to learn to love others, to love you first and to love others. God, that they're, they're going to be blessed when they come to your word. So, Father God, I pray right now. I pray that you would help fathers to teach and train their kids just as the book of Ephesians calls them to do. It's a father's job to teach and train their children. I pray, Lord, that, that, that you would minister to a mother. God, Help her to love and nurture because she shows us the loving nature of God through her nurturing and caring for us. I pray for children that live in the home, God, that they would walk in obedience so that their days may be long. That if mom says it, then they get up and do it because belated obedience is disobedience. Waiting is not right, but doing what we are told to do when we are asked to do it that is right. I pray for those kids who are out of the home, Father God, though they don't have to walk in that obedience, but Lord, they are called to continue to show honor 
to their mother and their father. And so, God, let them do that, I pray, so that their home will be blessed as well. I pray, God, for grandparents, that they would continue to go to the Word of God and instruct and live out the things of God in their life in front of their children and their grandchildren and those around us. And God, help us to take the gospel. Help us to strap it on just like a backpack. Uh, Help us to give, to share love and peace, forgiveness, strength, because it all comes from you and all good things come from you. Pray that you would bless this church. God, let people feel the anointing and the love of God when they drive along the highway. Not just when they walk in the door, but as they're driving by, God, let them feel the anointing and the love and the power of God, knowing that this is a place where they'll be accepted and they can find freedom from whatever it is that that holds them back. God, help us to just love you love people, because that's what you've called us to do in your precious name. Amen. Come on, give God a good hand clap of praise today.